Uh, but let's just um, get a little more expert opinion here. Dennis Ryan joins us again on WGN, the executive creative director at is it Bader Rudder? It's Bader Rudder. I know you were on with Wendy when I wasn't here the other day. Thanks for coming in again. Thanks for having me, John. And have been on this radio station many times talking about the ad game. So what does Bader Rudder do? Uh, we're in advertising. So we're based out of Milwaukee, have a big office here in Chicago, and uh, we do a lot of B2B, and we're the nation's number one agriculture agency. So there so you go. Conagra or Purina or who are Actually more like Zoetis and Corteva, John Deere, really Pioneer Seed, that kind of thing. What do you mean by B2B advertising? What we do is we, do, we talk in channels. So instead of like yesterday was a classic B2C kind of consumer packaged goods festival. You saw them talking to basically anyone with a mouth. Buy some Dino Ritos or whatever those things were. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's things we all use. With B2B, you're talking to channels. So you're talking to farmers. You're talking to restaurant owners. You're talking to grocery chains. And so much like digital, it's a very specific channel to a very specific market. So more of video advertising is online now? Very much so. That's where the business has gone? That's where the whole business has gone. And it's interesting. For as big a mass media event as a Super Bowl is, so much of the run-up is online and so much of the follow-up is online because that's really where you're talking to individual people. That's where you saw the commercials before they ran on TV. Absolutely. And so the reveal is a little diluted, isn't it? No question. In fact, it was interesting how many people, here's our ad, and then you saw their ad. The people who did something interesting were like State Farm. You had a 90-second thing, and you saw Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about the choppa over and over and, frankly, running that joke kind of into the ground. But, you know, he's so charming, and it was really beautifully done. But then when it came to the Super Bowl, they did a different version, and they brought a wonderful surprise to the end and reintroduced his old, you know, co-star, Danny DeVito, and <laughs> goes back to 1988 Twins, but it was just fun, and that's how they were able to say, you know, like a good neighbor. So it was... Neighbor. Yeah, neighbor with Danny DeVito. You're right. Some of my listeners were saying that it's wrong to make fun of people's accents, but what somebody said, if he had been Asian or Indian, would we have made fun of his accent? But... It's him making fun of his own accent, doesn't that? I think, uh, I could not agree more. I mean, who feels sorry for Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> the poor man, I hope he can survive that controversy. You know, <laughs> it's one thing to make fun, to punch down is absolutely illegal. To make fun of something that makes you the megastar you are, I see absolutely no problem with that. So if more of the advertising is B2B, business to business, yes. you've got a product, you're going to sell it or a service to a niche or a lane, you don't need to put it on television and tell the whole world about it. You need to just find those consumers in your groove. Absolutely. But if you're Pepsi or Budweiser, the whole country consumes that. So I presume the traditional video advertising or radio advertising would, would be um, viable for those categories, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You want mass media, and you need people to get your message and to be reminded. You know, it's one thing. You can get a digital message that is absolutely tailored to John Williams and where you are now and based on your buying history, and we saw you looking at this, so perhaps you'll be interested in that. All of that kind of highly targeted, highly trackable media, that's a relatively new phenomenon. But the bottom line is, you're not going to be looking for new Nike sneakers if you haven't seen an ad for them, if you weren't aware of the brand to begin with. And mass media has a very big part in almost everybody's media mix. 
Do you think it was a good Super Bowl for commercials? Yes, of course it was. I think, but I'm a, you know I'm a, I'm a fan. I have no I make no apology for that. Well, but you could be hypercritical because you're in the game too. You can be hypercritical, but I think there were enough surprises. I think there were some incredibly intelligent ads in there, and that's the other thing. You can win USA Today's ad meter, and which is great, and you get a lot of awareness. Or you can use the Super Bowl tactically and almost surgically to do something very specific that your brand needs. And I think that to me is what I'm always interested in that as well. Might not win the big popular vote, but you've raised awareness. Temu is something like that. What would an example of that be? A Temu or whatever it is, it's an app for basically, it's an eBay for cheap junk, to be perfectly candid. And I think their line was spend like a billionaire. The ads were terrible. They ran it like three or four times. It was just the same ad, but it had one thing to do. It said, if you want to buy things cheaply, you buy them with this app and you download it and you can come online. And you know what? They raised awareness. I bet you they got a ton of downloads. Do I like the advertising? No. Was it effective in a smart use of of their media dollars? I bet it was. Well, if the ad looked kind of cheap, that would be sort of in their groove anyway. Yeah, very it? much so. Very it much. would be ironic if they spent a fortune. <laughs> that would be silly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so is it important that the ad be funny and, and I know you're speaking to this now, likable, or just that it gets the message across? I guess the converse of that is, what about the commercials that we thought were really funny, but we don't remember what it was for? That's always, that's always... Is that a problem? It's a big problem. It's a big problem just generally. Look, the Super Bowl is a great forum for entertainment. At the same time, one of my absolute favorites was BetMGM. BetMGM is late to the party. DraftKings, FanDuel's way ahead of them. But what they did is they spent about $50 million between the production of the spot, getting the talent. 50. 50, but over five weeks. So the run-up to the camp, to the Super Bowl, and now post-Super Bowl. Tons of digital activations, tons of things. That was the commercial where Tom Brady can't bet? Yeah, but think about that idea. Tom Brady can't bet because he wins too much. Really simple comic premise. And it's totally based in the product. Anyone can bet with this except Tom Brady. And then there's all of these people that are getting to bet and they keep cutting to Tom. He wants to play. They won't let him. Absolutely. He but even you, tries to disguise himself. They still won't let him. Totally. And, and you know what I, I said to him? Watching the game yesterday, I'm like, oh, my God, Tom Brady has won the Super Bowl again. Because between, <laughs> between that spot, yeah. which was all about him and related to the brand, and then that wonderful walk-on he makes in the Duncan ad where he is just really good. <laughs> He was that just, was what a great role player he was. So, yeah. I mean, I think he dominated. And he's not known for having a sense of humor. We really don't know what his comic chops are because we saw him on the field. You know a little bit about his persona. He hasn't been in the booth yet, so we really don't know what he's like as a broadcaster. I thought that was a very um, uh, uh, streamlined use of him, but it worked, didn't it? It, it worked He just needs to be Tom Brady. Boom. Well, he wins. All he does is win. And I think the beautiful thing about that was you compare him to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is just so much fun. He is a he's a great natural performer. He knows his lane and he kills it every time. I think yesterday was another reason why Tom Brady won is he's starting to develop this personality. And I think that's, you know, it's good for his brand. You know, though, the way I was watching it, and I wondered about this too. Uh, everybody's talking and laughing and eating food and and we're not sitting there with a laptop like you did or maybe <laughs> yes. the way I used to watch Super Bowl commercials which was with a notepad right um, 
so if 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 a commercial doesn't cut through, it doesn't matter how brilliant it is. If I don't get it or hear it or understand it, it then it's a non-commercial. And that's really the that's the challenge. You got to know the room. You need to know the room. You need to know you need to speak to everyone in America, and you need to give them something simple and fast to get. M and M's did that almost champion comfort. I couldn't understand what the idea was. Right. Uh, Booking.com with the hilarious Tina Fey. It was too complicated to get quickly. Even Kia, which a friend and I were going back and forth this morning, um, they did that beautiful spot. It was gorgeously shot about the girl who went back and ice skated for her grandfather who couldn't make to her, her different uh, show. The real product point there was you could plug electrical items into the car and let the car power the lights and the speakers for her show. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know. It looked like he was plugging in to charge his, his, uh, his car. So you really need to make sure things are obvious and simple. I missed it. Maybe I was going for dip. I don't you know, know. I, uh, Pete, grab that spot because the line, there's, there's really very little language until the very end. And the hook, if you will, the, the answer to your question, I think was in the last, maybe only line of that commercial. Right. I wish I was here. Movement that inspires. Well, I don't know if that gets. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. It was so. It was emotional. It was beautiful. Well acted. Beautifully shot. I miss that little product turn. But in the end, I feel good about Kia. So well, that's not that a bad point, thing, right? I mean, they could tell us how fast it can get to right, sixty exactly. and all of those things. And, and this is not the venue for that. I mean, but bet MGM. Anyone can bet on this platform. That's all you need to know. And I think the better ads did that. I think uh, you know. This uh, listener says, 847 says, John, your guest is very interesting. That's you, sir. Well, that's very flattering. Then it says, be careful, John. He has a great voice for radio. (laughs) Yeah, and a face for one, too. So there you go. Have you done radio? No, no, not at all. No, I'm a very happy writing and working and bringing my clients' goods to a Do I know some of your commercials? Sure. Like Like what? uh, Well, I mean, Clydesdale's playing football. and. What do you have to do with that? Oh, that was our spot. Yeah, we did that here in Chicago. Yeah, we did that. And is what's that the greatest is, Super Bowl commercial of all time? Well, the other one that was really good, and particularly here, there are two. There was Michael Jordan playing Michael Jordan when he was retiring, and Gatorade wanted to say goodbye. It's kind of a funny spot. That was on the Super Bowl. Gatorade never buys spots in the Super Bowl because they're always covered in the sideline shots. You see Gatorade on the sidelines of the NFL. But we did this spot. And we were going to make it this elegant tribute to Michael. And it's the sunset of his life. And instead, Michael's trash-talking himself because that's Michael. And it was a terrific spot. And that ran the Super Bowl. And then my, one of my favorites was just there was a guy here named Phil Gant who, before the Bears-Colts game, realized you can have two African-American coaches in the Super Bowl for the first time. And he realized that, unfortunately, on the Sunday before Super Bowl Sunday, but we scrambled. We got everyone here, our client, Frito-Lay. We all worked together. And we made a spot about this is history and who's going to win. 
It doesn't matter. We all are. That sounds like a serious commercial. It, it was. Poignant. It was thoughtful. It was poignant. And it was really, really, it was something I'm very proud of. It was uh, really a great spot. Was it a good commercial? It was a great commercial. And it's done here in town. So how hard is it when somebody goes, okay, I got an idea. And you go, you something you could have told us last month. <laughs> now you've got six days to put it together. But even, so now you have the germ of the idea. But now you've got to write it and produce it. And you still have to make a good commercial. How easy or hard is that? After you've got that germ of an idea. Well, the bigger challenge there, John, was the client wasn't asking for it. They were sitting there. not They already had their buys. They knew what they were going to run. What was interesting is Phil had this idea. And at the same time, PepsiCo was going through an issue with you know some of their minority uh, distributors or bottlers or different. I forget what their different network is. And they needed to show them, no, we're... We're investing. We care. And so it just, everything lined up. Phil told me the idea at like 9.15, and the client bought it at 9.30 in the morning over the phone. So it was just, someone had to pay for it. We weren't going to just do it on a But you, know, you love that about basis. a client. Don't you love it? I've said that it about was, Burger King when they had the crazy Burger King guy running down the field. <laughs> and I thought, what? how the hell does that sell a hamburger? But don't you love a company that says, yeah, it's hilarious. Let's do it. Well, and that comes from companies that really understand their brands and their audience. You know, you would never have Ronald McDonald doing something punk or, you know, untoured. But you know what's in Ronald's wheelhouse? And I think with Frito-Lay... They're a fun brand. They should be all about fun. Okay, so in the Super Bowl ad that you did with the Clydesdales playing football, wasn't there a hook at the end, a line? Yeah. It was something funny that was said about the, the line of scrimmage or something. What was the hook at the end? What's great is that spot is all visual storytelling. It's great. You watch the whole thing happen. You watch the, the Clydesdale kick the football. thing. They're playing football, the kicks it, and there's this wonderful echoing whinny across the across the plane. And then at the end, you have these two cowboys. And the one cowboy just looks there and says, do they usually do that? And the other guy goes, nah, they usually go for two. Yeah, exactly. And the best thing is that guy was a rancher who lived just up the road. <laughs> he was just... But I mean, so fun. would that have ad worked without that line? Like, no, did you no. have to have that... There's something you learn early on if you're lucky enough to work in film. It's like no one laughs at the action. They don't laugh at the action. They laugh at the reaction. You tell people, we laugh now. There was, we shot a spot with Jason Alexander getting a slap shot off his shorts, you know, and it's like, ting, we put a funny sound effect. It wasn't funny until you cut to the Russian coach just going, ooh, and wincing in pain. And then suddenly it was very funny. People need to kind of, you need to get the beats of comedy. Dennis Ryan is here. He's the executive creative director at Beta Rudder. It's one of the big ad agencies in town. Are you one of the big ad agencies in town? We're one of the big, we're the biggest ag agent, agri-marketing agency in North America. You said agri-marketing, though. Yep. Oh, because they're much more, they're much bigger consumer agencies here in town. We're just, it's a, it's a very complicated business. Yeah, but you mentioned the Clydesdales. And I'm like, that's like that a, was, a, the greatest commercial of all time. And I did that at DDB here, which is great fun. You know, though, so when you think of some of the Super Bowl commercials of yore, mm -hmm. uh, some of them are just stupid. Budweiser or what's up <laughs> or things like that, which I, I don't know. Do you think that's comic genius and great advertising or do you think that's it works, but it's lazy? I don't think it's lazy because I actually think what's interesting is about, I mean, because, again, we had. A lot to do with the frogs and the gators and ants and the whole menagerie that was Budweiser. I was working on it then. I think what's interesting about it is it, does it stick? 
And more importantly, do people talk about it? Trying to get attention. We are the most distracted society in human history. So to have people talking about was up or imitating was up or doing what you did, that's that's a massive win. That I asked that question answers that question, doesn't it? There you it? go. says here, John, the Dove ad was good. It made my daughter and I tear up. Yep. It made me tear up as a father. You're sitting there going, this is wrong. It's, That's a spinoff of the the Way the Girls Run campaign? It was, Yeah, it's a whole campaign for real beauty. And what are we doing with body images? And how are we making young women and women of all you know all ages feel? It's, you know. And so we see girls who feel good about themselves. Then we see a girl pause and question her body image. Then she does a cannonball into the pool. And you're like, you go, girl. Yeah, well, exactly. Because you watch people failing. I mean, hard knock life, and it sounds fun and upbeat, and oh, yeah, we all hard fall knock. trip on the balance beam, but then you realize why so many girls quit sports, and it's terrible. John, please have your guest explain the Homes.com commercials <laughs> with Daniel Levy. I did not get those. You know what? Dan Levy is uh, funnier than a crutch. Describe the ad to me. Basically what it was is he's going to go in, and he's going to take Homes.com, and he's going to be the genius, lead them, and tell them what they should do because they're going to go into go into local places and basically do what Zillow does. So we're going to rate schools and tell you how it is. and what. But what was interesting, it was very loud, it was very noisy, but he was essentially playing an obnoxious tech bro. Everything that's wrong with most of us, how most of us feel about technology. It's like, you're there to be helpful to me. So you're this bombastic kind of jerk. I mean, it was, it was funny, and Dan Levy's funny, and was it Heidi Gardner, the woman from Saturday Night Live? She was great, but it was a lot of Sturm and Drang that didn't make you feel good about the brand. And so it didn't make a lot of sense to me. So that wasn't them saying, don't buy Zillow. That was saying, buy us. But yeah. they're playing the part of the obnoxious guy. They're the new one. So they they want you to move from Zillow or, or what Redfin and come to homes.com. Did the Jesus commercial seem out of place? It got buzz in our group. You know what? It, good for them for putting them there. It's I heard a lot of discussion about them, too, you know, and... Who knows who did it or what's going on, but, you know, be nice to others. I, I'm always good with that message. Now, there's a lot of stuff online of who's saying it, who supported it. But the bottom line is they got people talking. Did you dislike the RF, the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. spot, which was run by a super PAC for him, but uh, sort of borrowed from John Kennedy's commercials? <laughs> it, it didn't sort of borrow. It basically took it and added a couple new names. I mean, it was... Uh, Again, isn't that offensive? It it certainly depends on your political affiliation. I think uh, certainly I think the Kennedy family has come out and say they were offended. He's by apologized it. to his families for that and said, "I have no control over those things. You can believe that if you want or not." Yeah. But do you think that's a good commercial for the RFK campaign? I think it's a good commercial for uh, for the whoever's not in the Biden campaign it, because I think it's they're trying to split a vote, and I I think it's to me it got a lot of controversy. I actually do think there's bad talk value as well, and so I didn't think it was. But again, he's a long-shot candidate anyway. I don't think anyone's taking him particularly seriously. Seven million dollars they spent on that. Seven million dollars, which then, which the actually the bigger conversation is why? Why do super PACs exist? Why do they have so much money? And why can they basically get rid of? Like, Amen to that. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so the best commercial in the Super Bowl this year was to me. It was Bet MGM. I mean, Vince Vaughn has never been funnier. You know, Wayne Gretzky shows up for no particular reason. The dialogue was great. The Duncan commercial was fun, too. And I loved, I mean, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck have got such a backstory. And the fact that Matt Damon had the cringiest role of all time. It's really hard being your friend, man. Oh, my gosh. It was so fun. And a friend of mine reached out from Minneapolis and said, I want those jackets. I mean, (laughs) they're just, 
<laughs> the Dun Kings. It was pretty funny. Google that if you haven't seen it. It's there a nice go. way to watch these ads because the 60-second versions are fun. Very fun. Uh, one last note. John has not mentioned that Mr. Ryan, his guest, is extremely handsome and sexy, at least according to this former DDB creative director. I uh, hope you know who that is. I have no idea. He's a wonderful um, dude. Here, I'll give you the nice. phone number. And you <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I've, I've been very, very happy uh, for a very long time with a gorgeous wife. So, Come on yeah. and a visit with us again. It's, uh, it, this has been a hell of fun, John. Thank you. Uh, you're uh, most interesting. Dennis Ryan, Executive Creative Director. Beta Rudder. BetaRudder.com is their website. It's